0: And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant, A L L I A N T dot com, and check it out. Susie Orman here, and you are listening to the Women in Money Podcast. 24th, 2020. Christmas Eve. What do you think about that? I love this
1: day. This is the day my family celebrated because we're Italian. And tonight I can't wait for dinner. It's the seven fishes dinner. What are you making? We only have three fishes. <laughs> Since we're on the island, I only have three fishes. I'm going to make stone crab, some wahoo sashimi, and and some grouper, strawberry grouper.
0: All right, there we go. All caught by Miss Travis herself. But let me begin by saying, welcome to the Women in Money podcast, as well as the men smart enough to listen. We wish all of you a very, very, very Merry Christmas starting tonight. And today... Is ask Susie and KT anything that you want? So, to ask a question, just go to ask susiepodcast at gmail.com, either there or on the community app, the Women in Money community app that you can download at Apple Apps or Google Play simply by searching for Susie S U Z E Warman, You ask your questions there, and if Miss Travis happens to choose it, we will answer it on the podcast. On this podcast, KT, I want to start a little bit differently today. All right. Because tonight and over the next seven days and into next year, I want us to feel hopeful. I want us to feel like things are possible in life. I want us to have faith that everything really does happen for the best somehow. And I know that's hard for a lot of you who have lost lives in your family, or whatever it may be. But you just got to have faith that everything happens for the best. Or how do you go through life? How do you do that? If you don't have faith, and that's when you get angry, and you get bitter, and that's not how you want to go through life. And sometimes, I imagine that many of you may wonder, what happens to some of the advice that Susie gives and people follow it? Does it work? Does it not work? And I'm not just talking about financial advice, because that always works. But when I give emotional advice or psychological advice or spiritual advice, does that really take hold in someone? And actually, it was October fifteenth, KT, we did an Ask Susie at that time, Mm -hmm. Kt, I think, anything. And there was a woman, and it's right at the beginning, I think, of the podcast. I think it was the first question. There was a woman by the name of Marcella that wrote in, and essentially what she was saying is, please help me. I need advice. And the advice that I need is this. I've been working and I'm just summarizing this, everybody, if you want to actually listen to it, and you probably should go back to the October 15th podcast, and you'll hear the entire thing there. But essentially, what Marcella was asking was that she had worked for a company really hard, she was dedicated, and and she was working there for six years and never, ever, ever got ahead. So she wanted to have, she says, some inspirational words, please. Like, what do I say to my boss when it comes to time for my in-person interview? And on and on and on. And I gave her advice of what to actually do in that interview. And just about 10 days ago, we got this email from Marcella, and KT, I would like you actually To read it to everybody. I'm
1: happy to read this one. Okay, everybody. Here's what Marcella wrote to Susie It worked, Susie. You answered me on your podcast. I listened and went in there with confidence and got a huge year end bonus plus a raise. The best part is that I got their attention now. They see what I can do for our company, and I'm no longer afraid to ask for what I deserve. No more quiet little Marcella. Do
0: you love that? Do you love yeah. that, Katie?
1: I was real happy to read this, actually. I thought, wow. I couldn't remember what the whole question was, so I think October 15th, was, would be great for everyone yeah. to take a listen. The
0: other thing that's important for all of you to understand, I know that thousands and thousands of you write in questions. And you're really not getting me answering them personally anymore. And that's because it's still very difficult for me because my left arm is still seriously giving me problems. Mm -hmm. So I really can't answer them like I used to. And that is why it's important, however, that you listen to the podcast, because you never ever know when I will be answering a question that you sent in. KT chooses it, and I'm answering it on the podcast. So if Marcella hadn't been listening to the podcast, she might have missed that advice, which means she would have missed her raise. All right, Miss Travis, let's do ask Susie and KT anything. Okay, I've I've selected a real eclectic group of um,
1: questions here. But you this... look cute today. Thanks, Susie. It's it's my favorite day. It's my Christmas day.
0: Wait, I just have to go on. This woman loves Christmas more than anything in life, really. She has a Christmas tree that she decorates every year. She puts lights out. And I've never seen such joy come over anybody as it does Miss Travis when it comes to this holiday. And it has nothing to do with the gifts. No, we,
1: we don't give gifts. We, we like to just celebrate things. But I like all holidays. But you I think really thanks, love Christmas. No, Thanksgiving's my favorite because that's when you cook and it's really when the family's together. And Christmas is just fun to put all the decorations out. <laughs> I love lights and candles and so on and so forth. But wait, let me get to Derek. I have a man. I have a smart man with a really smart question. He said, hi, Susie. I have followed you since your TV show and the blue leather. <laughs> I like. I that. still have that blue yeah, leather blue jacket, jacket, just so you know. He said, "I'm a single black male, 54 years of age. In 2004, I met a woman and lost her over a prenup. She exploded on me, asking about prenups. What's the best way to broach the idea of a prenup?" I currently have about $1.5 million in retirement money. One of my concerns is establishing generational wealth in my family, which is one major reason for a prenup. So Susie, what
0: should he do? Never get married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that, um, all right, tell Derek, what do you think about this prenup business? The reason
0: that you have, how much does he have? 1.5 million the in retirement the reason that most money. likely you still have 1.5 <laughs> million dollars in retirement is that you didn't marry this woman and what one has to really understand, Derek, is this there's no easy way to approach the topic of a prenup but the time to plan for the what ifs of life is when you are in a state of love not when you are in a state of hate And if even approaching the subject makes the person blow up and leave, you should thank your lucky stars that that's what did it. Because a true partner would want to protect you. A true partner would say, of course, that money in the retirement account should always be yours. They should want more for you and to protect you than you even want to protect yourself. So the way that you approach a prenup is just do it. And if the person doesn't like it, let them leave.
1: Totally agree. All right. Next one. Susie, I'm 57 years old and my husband is 60. We're in good health. We had a 30 term life insurance policy that expired two years ago. I'm conflicted about getting insurance again. We have two children, 28 and 24. They still live at home and we would like to leave them something as well as have enough money for final expenses. Should we get term life insurance? If so, for how long?
0: Yep. I wouldn't get term life insurance here because here's the thing, my friend At this point in your life, because your kids are already 24 and 28 years of age, you do not need term insurance. And what concerns me is that you say you want to leave something for them. You're probably not going to die. You're in your fifties right now. Actually speaking, you have a good 30 or 40 years left to live unless something goes wrong, but you already say that you're healthy. So what I would be doing if I were you, I would be saving, saving, saving. If you don't have any money, and your spouse needs money in case you were to die, and you're the wage earner, okay, you can do another 10 year level term if you want, it won't be that expensive. But term insurance is not meant to be a permanent need. So be careful here, everybody.
1: Okay, Susie. Next question. I like this one. This has you this... like everyone. No, but, but this one really needs a Susie answer. I'm curious as to how you're going to answer it. So that's divorce. My pick. Well, I'm going to no. It's not a divorce. So, hi, Susie. I'm 32, married, and have a four-year-old. We have no debt aside from our hundred and sixty thousand dollar mortgage. My husband and I are both employed. And we have a year's worth of an emergency fund saved. We have been offered by my parents to move in with them so we can rent out our home to save money and pay the remainder of the mortgage off. I think it's a great idea and we'd be able to be mortgage free in two years by living with them. Now, this is where I need your advice, Susie. It says, my husband is not fully on board. What are your thoughts? I know you emphasize spiritual happiness, so I'd love your input.
0: Okay. <laughs> that would have been a great quizzy, don't mm-hmm. you think, Katie? Mm-hmm. Right? What do you think, Susie? How would you answer that, Katie? I personally
1: keep your husband happy. And two years of living with your parents and yeah. having, I mean, the four-year-old would probably love being around grandma and grandpa, but quite frankly... Uh-uh. I would so keep the
0: mortgage, pay it down as you can. All right. So here's the thing, everybody, right? Is that how many years have you heard me say people first, then money, then things? If both of you were on board, then it would be a whole different answer. Or think about this. How would you feel if you were moving in with his parents, with his parents, not with your own parents, but if you had to spend two or three years with his parents at their home, how would you feel? So that maybe, maybe you can understand how he feels. Because as much as we may love our in-laws, it's very seldom that we love our in-laws more than we love our own parents. So there's always that one step removed. So the answer here is very simple. Don't move in with your parents. And I got news for you. After you've moved in with them, they're not going to like it that much either, because they're used to having their own privacy and their own thing. So it might even cause trouble between them. So simple, just don't do it. And this time, stay at home and put people before money.
1: Good answer. That's the right answer. I would have done the same thing.
0: Would you ever want to move in with your mama while she was alive? With you? you? Let's say you didn't you have it. Yeah. Not real? No. There's nothing
1: more freeing than to just be, I mean, look at us here on this little island. We have a rule with visitors, right? No yep. more than two, two nights. Two nights, Three yeah. days, two nights. And that's with our immediate family as well. Right? Yeah. Right, I just wanted to Same care. thing. Yeah. So, Susie, here's the next question Is my Social Security monthly benefit taxable?
0: All right. So, obviously, this person is taking Social Security. And the answer to that is it depends. When you are taking Social Security, all right, if you are single and you make between $25,000 and $34,000 a year of income, of your Social Security will be taxable. If you make more than $34,000 a year, and when I say make more, it's income from your IRAs, from your pensions, from everything, which is why I like Roth IRAs, everybody, because it doesn't count in this formula. But if you make over $34,000 a year as a single, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. If you are married finally jointly, between 32000 and 44000 of income, 50% of your Social Security is taxable. Over 44000 a year, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. And I just have to say one other thing, because it was last week, KT, that I think you asked me a question about married finally separately, mm-hmm. if they could, whatever. And if you happen to be married and you're filing separately, oh, your social security is in most cases taxable. Again, just so you know, another downside of married finally separately.
1: All right. Okay. So another social security question, Susie. You know, when I went through all these questions, I'm saying to myself, this is obvious that it's year end. People need money. People are needing money. This COVID year has been really brutal. So here's another one. Dear Susie, could I get social security earlier than 70? I'm 68 and I need it now, having lost many clients to COVID-19. And then I want to pay it all back before age 70. It said, I'll inherit my father's estate sometime next year. And then at age 70, receive the maximum amount of social security. Mm. So that, see, people, smart lady. Yeah. So here's so the question. Think- this should
0: be a, also another quizzy. Mm. So, you know, everybody, we can play quizzy with every single one of these questions. Can this person do what she wants to do? Can she take Social Security at 68, pay it back at 70, and then take Social Security? Can she, KT? I don't
1: I don't think so. I think that I don't know. All
0: right. That's a cute she's so cute. When she doesn't know everybody, she squishes up her little nose. I kind of I want to guess, but I don't think so. All right. She can, but listen very closely to the rules. Mm. You can take social security. This is at any age, by the way, if you want. And you have one year, 12 months, if you want to pay it back to Social Security and kind of disclaim it at that point, which means if she takes it at 68, KT, Mm -hmm. she has got to pay it back one year, no later than one year after she has started taking Social Security. So by the time she's 69, she can't wait two years. It's got to be within 12 months. So yeah, she can absolutely do that.
1: Wow. Okay. Do you know that it used
0: to be that you could do it no matter how long you took it for? Like if you took it at 62 and you paid it back eight years later or whatever it may be, right? You paid it back with no interest. And I write about this in one of my earlier books, how it's something Hmm. that you can do to take a interest-free loan from the government because they don't charge you interest on the money. So you could take it, put it in your account, but they changed the laws. So now Um, you only have 12 months to do that. Here's
1: another one. I want to invest and do a CD ladder. One year, two year, up to five years. I've decided on my bank, but which one, the Roth IRA CD or regular CDs?
0: All right, Katie, here we go. Another quizzy, everybody. (laughs) Everybody, I want you to think about this. Wait, wait,
1: I don't know what a CD ladder is.
0: I knew it. I was going to ask you. to tell
1: me first and then I can answer. No,
0: the question was, what is a CD ladder? A CD stands, first of all, for certificate of deposit. And when interest rates were a lot higher and normal, people would do what's called a CD ladder. Let's say they had $50,000 to invest. They would invest $10,000 in a one-year CD, $10,000 in a two-year CD, $10,000 in a three-year 10,000 in a four-year, and 10,000 in a five-year. And every year, they would have $10,000 come due that they would just roll over to another five-year CD because it's they're rolling up. And normally, people would do that to get a higher average overall interest rate, but still have liquidity to their money because they had $10,000 coming due every year. The problem with that right now is... Interest rates are so very low. So I have to tell you, I wouldn't be doing any of these. I wouldn't be doing a CD ladder in a Roth IRA or a CD ladder outside of a Roth IRA. Interest rates are so low that the difference between a one-year CD and a five-year CD is negligible. In fact, there are times when a one-year CD will pay you more than a five-year CD. So if I were you, given that interest rates are so low, why lock up your money at all? If you just want an interest rate, you want to keep your money safe and sound, just find a company that offers you the highest possible interest rate in a savings account, whether it's in a Roth IRA or a regular savings account. I obviously love Roth IRAs more than anything. So if you are able to do this in a Roth IRA, do it in a Roth There you go, Katie.
1: Okay. Now you
0: know what a ladder is.
1: Okay. Next question. Hi, Susie. It's Heidi here and I need your help. I have $470,000 sitting in the bank from the loss of a beloved family member. I don't know how to use this money wisely. My husband and I are 45 years of age. We make good money about 300,000 per year. And we've saved a very large emergency fund. We have both been contributing to our 401k. We have over $600,000. The only debt we have is a mortgage on our home. We owe $350,000. Please help us. We've never had this much money and we don't want to mess it up. But that was a sweet question and, sweet. and really responsible, Heidi. Yeah. I like this question. You know, she's
0: 45 years of age. So she's really only 20 years away from where she may want to retire. And I have a feeling that if she has a mortgage on her home, she probably recently most likely refinanced it because interest rates are so low. So she probably has at least 20 or more years left on her mortgage. So therefore, Heidi, you say that you really want to be responsible with this money and you also say that it's been sitting in the bank for four years. What that tells me is that this money is paralyzing you because you don't want to lose this precious gift because you know, obviously, how hard whoever left it to you had to work for it. If I were you, get ready for this one, I would take three hundred and fifty. Thousand dollars from the four hundred and seventy thousand dollars that's just been sitting in the bank at half a percent interest that's taxable, and I would pay off the mortgage on my home in full. Your interest rate is probably around two and a half or three percent, even after the tax deductions. You're probably still paying more for this mortgage than you are making on this money that way. You don't have to worry. You can think, oh my God, I own my home outright due to the fact that I lost a family member. And then what's ever left of that, since you obviously don't need the money, if you have a child, finance their college education with it. That's what I would do. So do you have one more for me, KT?
1: Okay, Susie. I have one more question regarding a traditional IRA. Will I be taxed on the required Minimum distribution at age seventy-two.
0: Should I ask you what required minimum distributions are? Or do you don't want me to ask you that question.
1: Want me to guess? <laughs> Wait, this, <laughs> Tony,
0: this is from Tony.
1: Um, the answer is absolutely.
0: <laughs> That's my girl. She's right. For those of you who don't know, however, RMDs required minimum distributions state the following. For those of you who turn 72 years of age by April 1st after the year that you turn 72, the IRS requires that you withdraw a specific amount of money from your retirement accounts, especially an IRA, a traditional IRA. And whatever you withdraw because it's a traditional IRA is absolutely taxable to you. That's again, Another reason why I want you to do a Roth IRA because there are no required minimum distributions from a Roth IRA. And again, just remember earlier, what did I say? That income from a retirement account counts towards taxable income towards your social security, also your Medicare premium amount. So you're better off with a Roth IRA always. All right, KT, do you think that's enough for today? Um, Maybe you need to close it with one
1: more since it's Christmas Eve.
0: All right. So let's do a quizzy here. Okay. This is our quizzy. Are you ready for this? All right. This is a quizzy not only for KT, but really it's a quizzy for every single one of you. Here it goes. If you had a wish... So you were able to make a wish and you knew without a shadow of a doubt that that wish was going to come true. Would you wish for A, more money, B, more health, or C, more time to spend with your loved ones? Think about it, KT. Do you want me
1: to answer that?
0: I want you to think about it. I want everybody to think about it. That seriously, if you had a wish and you could wish for more money, more health, or more time with your loved ones, what would you say? What would your wish be? All right, Katie, answer for me.
1: Susie, you know what? I have to answer this for me and maybe for everyone listening. The answer is all of the above.
0: Great answer, my dear KT. <laughs> so, from KT and myself and Robert and everybody that has anything to do with the Women and Money podcast, we all wish you the most merry of Christmases tonight. We wish that the gifts that you find under your Christmas tree are gifts that allow all your wishes. To come true, not only for this year, but for every year, as long as you are alive. We thank you so much again for being part of the Women in Money podcast. And for both KT and myself, we wish you a Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas and Feliz Navidad. There we go. Bye-bye. We can't get-
2: Neither Suzy Orman Media nor Suzy Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Suzy Orman Media nor Suzy Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding